Hey, hello, how are you? This is a show for everyone else. Instead of going after top 1% of the world, we dedicate this podcast to celebrate the lives of the unsung heroes and self-made artists. Hi there, this is Fei Wu, and you're listening to the Face World Podcast. This is a reprocast from a previous episode, uh, a lovely interview, in my opinion, I recorded with the one and only Krista Tibbet from On Being. I learned the technique of rebroadcasting from her because Krista rarely goes on vacation or takes a break from her work. And when she does, a few episodes get rebroadcasted. Some are popular by her audience and some I assume are probably her personal favorites. I want to do the same. This was an episode recorded back in 2015, and it's a little bit weird to listen to it, in which I mentioned that we were just celebrating our first uh, anniversary, first birthday for Phase World. Everything went wrong right before the recording. Yet, Krista came on the show and called us the broadcasters. My heart literally melted. Not literally, but while trying not to act like a fangirl, I didn't quite sound like myself and you can hear in my voice that I was nervous and my voice started to crack up pretty early in the show. But here's the thing, reflections are important. And as I'm looking back on this episode, Krista was so well composed as she always is and she was spiritually bold. And there's always going to be a special place for her in my heart. But the recording quality, I had a headset on for about $20, and my internet connection at work was quite spotty. Compared to Krista's mega professional setup, which you'll hear right away, there was clearly a bit of a gap. In other words, I really didn't have the right setup to begin with, which I felt so ashamed of. Uh, My work, especially since it took months to schedule this interview with Krista, and she's someone I admire so much till this day. Since then, Phase World has grown so much, and I can proudly say that our audio quality has improved dramatically. Sure, sometimes we can't force guests to have the same setup as we do, but overall, we've done much better. A special thank you to you, my producer and editor, Herman, who has done just a tremendous work for Phase World and taught me so many lessons along the way. So I've asked Herman uh, to improve the audio quality a bit from the original episode, but it's not quite the same as our recent episodes. I'm doing this on purpose so you can witness the journey along the way. Oftentimes, we just assume that people at the top always had things figured out. Not so. Start something today. That is the message I want to deliver to you. Start a blog, YouTube channel, maybe even a podcast. Get your voice, your stories out there without permissions from other people. You'll be so surprised to see what comes of it. Trust me. Hey, if you happen to be a podcaster or a broadcaster, check out altpodcasters.com, altpodcasters.com, all one word. It's a mastermind group I started back in October 2017. So by the time you're listening to this, We've been around for over a year. We are a vibrant group of podcasters and hosts who don't just go after the downloads because we truly care about the crafts, who we connect with, and what we put out in the world. We are accepting applicants for 2019 at this moment, so check it out, and I look forward to hearing from you.
Hi, Krista. I so wish you were in the room right now. I would totally <laughs> run up and give you a huge hug. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for your time. And I know I haven't had a chance to really introduce myself. So uh, here's my one-minute pitch. Okay. okay. <laughs> so uh, I am Faye, and I am a digital producer at Arnold Worldwide by day. And uh, in the evening, one of my passion projects is Faye's World Podcast, where I interview people from, from all walks of life, and most of them are my, my own mentors. And I only started doing this uh, last year, and you are certainly absolutely uh, one of my top inspirations. And, mm. and so far, you know, there's nothing compared to uh, on being, and uh, but having so much fun. And one of the one of the reasons I would like to connect with you is. Um, Whenever I search for Krista Tibbet interviews or with Krista, I feel like there's just not enough interviews about you. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> so uh, I am so thrilled uh, to be here, but I am okay. so impressed by On Being, Peabody Award winning. And the funny thing is yesterday there was a uh, Webby Award representative here at Arnold telling us that Webby Award is the industry's most competitive award out there. And I realize your podcast along with your website is uh actually has won a uh, webby award it's yeah. so incredible yeah yeah no it's exciting yeah so i before we kind of jump into your empire right now i wonder <laughs> if there's an opportunity for us to kind of go all the way back and ask about krista's origin story like when when you were a little girl how what were yeah. you like well um I grew up in a very small town in Oklahoma, and it was, um, you know, I didn't have much of a sense of the big wide world out there. Um, and I grew up in a really, I grew up in a Southern Baptist. My grandfather was a Southern Baptist preacher. It was very kind of immersive religious world. Um, uh, so, you know, it kind of feels like, um, like a, a bit of a bubble that I grew up in, but when I was about 16. I went, I was, I did a lot of drama and debate. That's, I, I didn't read a lot of books or do as much, nearly as much thinking as I do now, but I did drama and debate. And I think that's, you know, that's how my mind came alive. And, um, and I went to a debate camp this summer after my junior in high school to Chicago and it kind of opened the world up to me. And, and then after that, I just never stopped moving. That's, wow, that's like completely unexpected. <laughs> I, uh, what did you think? What did you, what did you expect? I, I I read your bio. I feel like it just, you know, if I, I take, take a step back, I, I thought to myself, whenever uh, I hear your name and I mention on being to other people, and when people say, and trust me, they're, I, I'm sitting in a, just so you know, I'm sitting in a kind of a blocked uh, room right now, stopping from all your fans from rushing in. <laughs> uh, <laughs> one gentleman said, please tell Krista that he's married. Um, mm. Please tell her that she's my, that I have a spirit crush on her. <laughs> and <laughs> she's, she's in the conversation between me and my wife every single day, and we, we love talking about it. Um, so... It, you know, for me, when I when I think of you, I feel like I am just so glad that there is a female figure out there for us to learn from. You know, personally, mm -hmm. I, I'm 32 and I've been able to learn from you since my early 20s and uh, from public radio to 
the past few years, you are front and centered on my podcast app, and I have, I feel like I've access to you all day long. And to me, you're, you represent this wealth of knowledge uh, that I feel like you must have started since you're, you're an infant. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I think, you know, um, well, first of all, thank you for all of that. And it, you know, well, you know, you're doing a podcast, you do radio and, and you, you just, you send it out into the void and then you, and then you keep going. And, and so it, I love, you know, it's, it means so much to me to hear this. And, and I do, I do love it when I hear about, you know, being a conversation starter between other people, you know, like the, the conversation becomes infectious and I, I, that makes me so happy. Um, but I, I think, uh, you know, people often say, oh, well, you, you must have grown up in a family of great listeners. And the, the truth is, I think I'm the other story, which is just as human, that I, that I have ended up pursuing things that I didn't know, right? And because I hadn't really been exposed to the life of the mind or to to great listeners or great questioning. I was just so hungry for that when I found it. And, uh, you know, and I, I appreciate every moment that I do what I do. So, so that's, you know, that's the other way we operate. <laughs> for sure. So it sounds yeah. like the success of On Being, uh, did it surprise you? I mean, did it expect, did you expect it to grow to now the world's, you know, top 50 podcast, uh, you know, of all po podcasts, not even just a certain category. And for my listeners, there's, there's a quarter to like half a million podcasts out there. Yeah. Well, it's been such a, it, it's been this real, um, trajectory, right? I mean, I started with two radio stations back in 2003 and, it's been something that started really small and was always growing. Um, but to me, you know, so to me, I, I don't think of it as something that suddenly got big. And it was also something that I had to work very hard to, to get into the world. There was a lot of skepticism and I had to really fight for this and I had to fight for it for years. So it's really only a couple of years ago that I realized that I was very comfortable in the role of seeing myself as a guerrilla warrior. And I was pretty good at that. <laughs> and that that wasn't appropriate anymore, right? But as you say, I have something that's, that's grown and, you know, it's solid and you can kick the tires and, um, and, the, and that, that it does look to other people like, um, like this success. And, but it, it's a funny thing because I've been with it all the way from its infancy. Um, that's still something I, I, I don't think I see it the way other people see it. And I think that's also just fine. I think it's okay for me to continue to, <laughs> to go on feeling like this is this little, this infant that I have to nurture. Yeah. And then you're, you're mother of two. And I feel like there's yeah. that parallel and, and comparison. Yeah. Um, what are some of the struggles that you, you had to deal with or manage at the beginning? I... It was so. It was. It's, it was a different world. It was the pre nine eleven world. Mm -hmm. um, it was. It was the end of the twentieth century, early two thousand, early you know two thousands. We were coming off a stretch in American life where, um, after a period where where voices where religious voices had been pretty had been pretty much on the sidelines. Um, they had you know just a very few strident voices had burst into view. You had a lot of. Um, politicized religiosity, um, and then of course nine eleven happened, and and you had you had people Americans being introduced to Islam as a religion by way of this you know horrific act of terror. So it was a moment when 
religion was in the news with a new intensity. Um, but it was just such a sliver of what this part of life is about. And so, you know, what I wanted to do is say, you know, this part of life that we call religious, we, we, we talk about spiritual life, we use the word faith, you know, each of, the, each of these words has a different meaning in every single life that lives them. Um, and this part of life is so fluid, it's so diverse, and it's so important um, in all the different ways people grapple with it. Um, so, but the struggle was that uh, because so many of the forms and the voices that people heard were really divisive and in some cases very toxic, um, the struggle was to convince people, and, and, and especially in public media, that you could create a program around this subject and it would not be proselytizing and it would open imaginations rather than shutting them down and it wouldn't alienate people and it wouldn't be inflammatory and it wouldn't... Um, you know, it wouldn't be, ex uh, it wouldn't make people feel excluded. Um, so the struggle was because there was nothing like this. Um, I had to fight for the idea that we should that we should see. You know, that we should give it a chance. And um, and and I, I think you know this whole part of life again is very fraught with stereotypes. So I think that in some ways that struggle is always there mm -hmm. to to convince people that we can be spacious, you know, and that we can talk about this, these subjects, all the things we talk about when we talk about spirituality and religion. Um, and, you know, and that it, that, that it can be intelligent, that it can have intellectual content as well as spiritual content, and that, it can, that we can surprise each other, and that this won't be divisive. You know, all of those things were not... A lot of our prior experience tells us those that's not possible. This is Fei Wu, and you're listening to the Face World podcast. Today on Face World, I am chatting with Krista Tibbet, who is a Peabody Award-winning broadcaster and New York Times best-selling author. We uncover her origin stories, the successes and struggles of unbeing, her creative process, and her mission for this social enterprise. Uh, I, of course, I had to read, speaking of faith, <laughs> and I am so glad I listened to it on my, uh, when I go to sleep. When, oh, really? Yeah, I, when I go to sure. <laughs> <laughs> That recording a book, recording a book is just its own experience. Um, wow, what, what was I it like? I just hate to hear how it sounded, but I'm glad you like it. <laughs> oh, I, I love it. You know, when I'm really, well, I commute to work uh, in Boston, as you know, we have the train that was uh, made in 1898 and is super loud. And I just love, I love your podcast quality. I love the quality of the book. And uh, it, it's impossible for me to hold a, a book because I have to balance on one foot most of the commute anyway. So uh, mm -hmm. I was so happy that, you, you know, you're the narrator, like, because I, I cannot stand having anybody else, like, read your book. I have to hear <laughs> your voice. And I feel like the your book, I know it was your first book published in 2007, that made me feel very empowered because for the, you know, I'm, I forgot to mention, I'm originally from Beijing and I've been here since I was in high school, but I know that there's one topic, one area, which is religion that I absolutely cannot, um, cannot really put it in any social conversations because, yeah, yeah. um, and then your book really empowered me to say, wow, I can, 
I, I now know how to talk about it. And uh, one quote that I, I love always warms uh, my heart is, the more we can understand the world and its intricacies, the more we can begin to connect with our own beings. Mm. Um, I thought it was just so lovely stated. Uh, and well, therefore, yeah, I think this, therefore that's why you're able to connect with so many other people. And when you, when you interview other people, I, I think your spirit not only is represented in print in the book, but certainly is in, in your voice. I can sense all your emotions. I can see how you're opening your soul to your audience and to your guests. And consequently, your guests have done the same to you. Hmm. Um, and, you know, you are their guidance. And in a way that they're very, very familiar names and whom I consider my mentors, Seth Godin, Maria Popova, those episodes... Yeah. I've listened to, uh, embarrassingly, at least five to ten times each. <laughs> and, and, and at the same time, you've spoken to so many other people, honestly, are not really popular uh, in you know, today's sort of the public media and help people like myself and, and, and many people outside of this room right now to be exposed to their work. So Yeah, that's really important to me because yeah. um, there's... You know, there's this this phrase we have in English, below the radar, mm -hmm. right? But, you know, there are a lot of great, wise, wise people below the radar. Um, and I think that's where history has, you know, usually been made. And, and some of the people who are really nourishing the world that they can see and touch, because they're so busy doing that, um, they don't have publicists, you know, they're not, they're not getting quoted or photographed or, but, but I, I, that, that's, it's, it's easy to, um, the expected thing when you have a media project is to interview people who are already famous. Mm -hmm. And I, and I, and I, you know, and I do interview people who are famous for good reason, but it's it's really part of my mission also to as you, and I love it that you say that you know to introduce some of these voices who are so important to the people in the world they inhabit but are just not visible in the larger world beyond yeah and then i can imagine that some of them are not you know this is not what they do they don't yeah. probably don't do a lot of public speak, speaking uh you know i can think of a few names like you know grace lee Boggs. what an amazing <laughs> yeah. yeah i didn't know there were chinese people in america 100 years ago <laughs> yeah or women much less immigrant women who got philosophy phds in philosophy when they were you know in the 1930s i mean yeah i know her story was incredible so different and I think mm. about the, the wealth of knowledge that she carried with her and she the clarity I know when she when you interviewed her she may already be 97 98 mm. the clarity of her thinking and when she talks about that she would have these uh, young people I guess some possibly in their uh, 60s and 70s to gather in our living room and have their I just imagine that uh, sort of that harmony and that community right there in her living room yeah yeah it was amazing yeah, 
So it's she died. Did you know that she died? She just died very recently. I saw that. I saw a post yeah. from you. Was it maybe two two weeks ago? Or I don't know. Anyway, but but she lived such an amazing life. She to absolutely. the very end. To the very end. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And then my heart, because of listening to the the podcast first, and then uh, learning that she passed on, uh, and my heart. I mean, I was at work and just realized that it, something so profound. Mm-hmm. Uh, such a connection between me and another Asian woman in in this case uh, Mm. you know 70 years older than I am but I just feel like she was part of me for some reason and and I feel like she I consider her as one of the pioneers who established uh, sort of our presence and how American people get first get to know Chinese people and she is this just incredible human being made me so proud (laughs) Well, I I just can't tell you how how much that pleases me that that the show can have that effect, and um, I mean that's just it's wonderful, and it also says something about this this medium of radio, of podcasting, of audio. Mm-hmm. It's so intimate, right? So I'm at Grace Lee Boggs in her living room, and and also we're I'm talking about intimate things. This is a subject that is intimate. So, but but you also, it, you know, in, in the, the the magic and the mystery of radio. Is that you? You know, in some way, you also were in the room with us, right? You yeah. you experienced everything that discovery um, that I experienced, and then to think of it rippling out like that and being so meaningful um, for your identity is just beautiful. Yeah, I feel like uh, I'm not sure about you, Chris. I feel like you've been in my life for the past 15 years. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it's very intimate, especially for the past five years. Uh, the quality uh, of your podcast, and I, I just literally feel like you're in the same room with me. And then. And another area, I, ever since I started my own podcast, I received uh, uh, certainly a lot of encouragement as, as well as some of the criticism. A lot of people my age, uh, or as you know, sort of the, the common theme now is this, the lip service. It's these 25 men who continue to interview each other and saying why yeah. each other is so great. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. And then yet you establish, I, I tell people that to me, you're very different uh, because you could very well be like everybody else, find your niche and say, um, I'm in financial services. This is exactly what I'm inter- what my interviews are about. This is the only thing I'll ever focus on. And uh, some of them start with episode number one, Seth Godin. What are you going to do about this? So, <laughs> you know, it's, it's so, but at the same time, you chose a very different path. And, um, and for that reason, we love it. And I guess, I guess one of the questions that I feel like uh, I can feel for you as a um, uh, as a reporter by the when I was sixteen, I worked at China National Radio Station and I had mm-hmm. my own show for just one year. It's not really worth bragging about, but I I know very well just the amount of devotion and you have to dedicate to this line of work, and for you to wake up every single day, make your coffee, make your tea, and and go back uh, right into it. So. I'm so curious about your creative process and how do you really believe in the process and dedicate yourself every single day? Well, I have to say, yeah, importantly, that I'm surrounded by great people. And, and it's true that 
that in the, you know, in, in 2000, 2001, when I was first starting this, it was often me all by myself, you know, basically sneaking into the radio station in the middle of the night, didn't oh. have an engineer, didn't have, you know, had about two people who believed in it. But that's not true anymore. It hasn't been true for a long time. I have, I have wonderful people with me, um, producers, and also my colleague Trent, who, who creates our website. You know, he really is the one who won those Webby Awards. And, um, so, so the, and the the process is it's collective. I mean, I mean, obviously, I'm I'm the one who finally has to say yes. I want to interview that person. I want to take on this subject. I'm the one who has to be in the room and excited about it. But we're, I mean, I would say there's this there's this kind of ongoing process of. Um, there's always a long list that we have of, of people who I would like to get to one day or or ideas that I'd like to get to one day. And we're always asking, well, who would be the right voice to, 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 to flesh that out? Um, and then, of course, things are happening in the world. People are sending ideas. Um, we get a lot of we get a lot of ideas. I think everyone has an idea about who they'd like to hear on this show when I'm ever, whenever I'm out speaking. Um, people come to me. And 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 although. Uh, Although we have way too, you know, there's there are many more ideas than shows we can get to immediately. Those things do rise to the surface. A lot of them. So it's it's a, it's a combination of what is planned and what's a long time um, in the in the planning, and then and then things, voices, ideas that just arise in the moment, and we can be nimble and spontaneous. It's it's very unscientific, but I've I, I've I've gotten comfortable with that. <laughs> Nice. So, so basically, who serves to the top, whether the person or the theme or the subject is, mm-hmm. depending on uh, how you feel at that moment, what feels right to you, and it's just about making the choice. Yeah, yeah. But and but sometimes as I say, I mean, I sometimes I've said for five years I want to interview this person, and then there's this moment when it's it's the right time. Mm. Well, I feel like you have a superpower, which is uh, <laughs> the ability to talk to anybody. And for people who haven't listened to your podcast for as long, I've heard you talking to poets, uh, medical doctors, and uh, I mean, th- the list goes on and on. And, and your ability to speak to such subject matter experts. And I wonder how do you condition yourself to prepare for these questions? More important, how to react on the spot. <laughs> I do. I so um, I'm a big. Um, I, I love science fiction when I was growing up, and I um, I don't know if you know uh, Mr. Spock in the Star Trek Star Trek series. Um, he did this thing called a Vulcan mind meld, where it would be he would put his hands on someone else's head, and it would be my mind to your mind, my thoughts <laughs> your thoughts to my thoughts. <laughs> so I say that my. My, I do, a, I do a lot of preparation for my, for my interviews. I think an unusual amount um, compared to other to other interviewers. Uh, I take that part of it really seriously, and I, I say it's the Vulcan mind meld approach because I I try to um, read whatever I can. Um, you know, if somebody has written books, obviously, but also. Uh, dig around and see if it's like you said, looking for interview. You know, see if they've done other interviews. Um, I, I try to learn as much as I can about a person so that I'm not only really well prepared for discussing their ideas, but also that I that I kind of feel like I can go into an interview with a sense of how they think. And when I'm talking to a quantum physicist, you know, I I will not understand ninety percent of, of of the ideas, but I I. I can I can have a sense of how someone thinks, 
And and part of what that does at the beginning of the interview is to is to put someone at ease. Um, you know, I think we all know the difference between sitting with someone and needing to explain ourselves or defend ourselves. Or when you sit with someone and you you have this sense that communicates itself, you know, tangibly, right? Oh, okay. They get me. I can relax. And then you can go so much deeper. So I try to prepare so that that's the experience someone has um, when we start to speak. And then, you know, I prepare to ask good questions, to be to really be able to follow what they're saying. And um, I, mean, I, I have lots of notes in front of me. Now, if the interview goes well, I, if a conversation takes off, I think a measure of success is that I've put my notes to one side and I'm not... I'm not adhering to them very closely, but the fact that I put that effort into the preparation means that I'm just that much more present and that much more with the conversation. How long does it take to prepare for an interview? If I had to guess, <laughs> I see this bookshelf on the on the about page. Yeah, right. So yeah. So how how long on average? I guess it's different it's, depending on the guest. It's really different depending. And that is something that uh, there is such, I think this is a wonderful thing about getting older is realizing if you do the same thing for a while, mm-hmm. you really do get better at it. You know, that's such a wonderful feeling. Um, so for example, preparing, I used to spend days, you know, sometimes I would spend an entire week and early on the show was monthly. So I actually had that. I could do that. Um and now it's more, I, I, I'm really able to settle in and I might, knowing that I have an interview with someone coming up, I might start reading into their things, you know, early on than the week or two before, but it's pretty much kind of the day before and the day of the interview that I just completely immerse. And I've just, I don't know, I've just gotten so much more efficient. I know what I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. I know how to make my notes. And I love when you mentioned that I do. I feel like I do the same. I try to do as much uh, studying as possible, but I always just watch that magic moment after you know five minutes or so. People get so comfortable, and you just naturally push your notes aside yeah. and, and realize they've taken you to this magical wonderland of things you never knew you would discover right there on the spot. Yeah, and there's just there's some there's some really wonderful creative tension between like you prepare in order to be able to put your notes to one side right but you're still you're, there's so you're still you're still contributing more to the conversation even as a listener um when you're not looking at your notes because you you got ready in that way mm-hmm. absolutely and mm-hmm. uh uh you know what one of the things i i didn't bring up is nlp which is uh, as you know neuro linguistic programming yes <laughs> So I feel like, is that something that you've studied and you've done uh, potentially in person? Because I, I just have a, that feeling that when you facilitate a conversation, I, I'm not in the room with you guys, but I can see people kind of leaning towards you and having a conversation as if they've known you their entire life. Well, so this may shock you, but about, um, I'd say about 70% of my interviews are not in person. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, now, the technology is amazing because you it does you can't write the technology it sounds like we are sitting across the table from each other and i i mean i do i do live interviews and it's a, it's a, and i really enjoy that and it's a but it's a it's a completely different experience 
again, this is something that now I've done for many years. So I've gotten so much better at it. But there is, there are advantages to only having the human voice to work with. Because, um, and I have done, in my years doing this, I've had experiences where I've been with people in person. When you're with someone in person, you're working with a lot. You're, You're not only working with the words and the voice, you're working with eye contact and body language and your impression of them physically. You know, there's this whole visual component that's so overwhelming. And, um, and when it's, you know, it's just like this, like you and I are talking, Mm -hmm. but everything can be communicated, you know, through the human voice. So many, so many layers of intimacy, um, and information. And to only have that to work with is a great discipline because what our because our listeners only have that to work with. Mm-hmm. So in some ways, I've come to, um, if, if not prefer it, to you know, feel like I enjoy this, this as much as I do the in-person. Wow, it's, it's really amazing. And <laughs> thank you so much for your time. And because uh, I was told uh, by Lily to make sure I yes. stop at 2.30 sharp. Got uh, all these things happening here today, but I'm so, I'm so glad we did this. I'm really happy that you reached out. You know, I don't tweet, but I, I go on Twitter and I love just corresponding with people who write to me. So it was wonderful that you wrote. And I really enjoyed this and I love hearing about, I'm just so happy to now to know you're out there and to think of you out there. Um, I'm on the my podcast. <laughs> Thank you so much. And, and I think there's one line that uh, I would, I love how you write, my religion is kindness, a moral position is a passionate caring inside you. Uh, mm. I'm actually not sure if this is something uh, from a different book, but it certainly is found in uh, uh, Speaking of Faith. And and thank you so much for, for doing what you do. And I really, really hope you continue to do this for as long as you possibly can for the next 50, 100 years. <laughs> well, thank you. And listen, I, I have a new book coming out in April, and I know I'll be doing some events in New York. So you're in New York, right? You're in I'm, New York? In, I'm in Boston, but I go to New York oh, you're all in Boston. the time. I may be in Boston. So um, come see me if, you're, if I'm ever doing something in your town. Please come say it. Come introduce yourself. Oh, will do. Hi there, it's me again. I want to thank you very much for listening to this episode, and I hope you were able to learn a few things. If you enjoyed what you heard, it would be hugely helpful if you could subscribe to the Face Royal podcast. It literally takes seconds. If you're on your mobile phone, just search for Face Royal podcast in the podcast app on iPhone or an Android app such as Podcast Addict and click subscribe. All new episodes will be delivered to you automatically. Thanks so much for your support.